I'd rather be whole than good. And that is the quote of the day. to the quote of the day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of seancroxton.com. Today's featured speaker is the late, the great Debbie Ford. And Debbie Ford is the author of an incredible book that I highly recommend. So, so grab a pen, write this down. It's called The Dark Side of the Light Chasers. Again, The Dark Side of the Light Chasers. And today's clip might be a little bit longer than normal. And it's because I want to get the entire concept in there. I want people to hear the whole thing because it's a concept that I feel like would be a huge game changer if more people really understood it. And I learned about it maybe two or three years ago when I read Debbie's book. Dr. Martini talks about this quite frequently. And it's all about owning and loving all sides of yourself. Like I know about myself, I can be generous, but I can also be stingy. I can be kind and I can be cruel. There are light, light parts of myself, but there are also dark parts of myself. And it's all about owning them because when we try to disown them, things can get a little, a little challenging. And it's kind of a trip how the parts of us that we disown, we tend to attract in our partners. So the partners that we pick tend to have the traits and the qualities that we've disowned in ourselves. And also what happens is since we've disowned it and we just don't like it so much, when we see it in others, it makes us furious. And so we have to ask ourselves, is it really about the person that I'm encountering or is it really just about me? Is it reminding myself about something about me that I just don't like that I've tried to completely remove from myself? And so Listen in as Debbie talks more about this. Again, it's a really important concept. I hope you have the time to share it with your friends. I really appreciate that. And I will see you on the backside. Here's Debbie Ford. So I want to begin by telling you and sharing with you my experience that I gathered from my five years and my $50,000. When I left this treatment center and I had that commitment to become the best me I could be, at the time I was a retailer, I owned a clothing store. And so that afforded me to go out in the world and to do every seminar that I thought was available to me at the time. And this was almost 20 years ago. There wasn't that much around. But I went to Sufi retreats and I went to Buddhist retreats and I went to acupuncturists and I hung crystals over my head and I made tapes that said, I am warm, I am wonderful, I am good, I am sweet, I am kind. Then they had those tape players that went around and around and around. So I would play them all night long and I couldn't figure out after doing all this work that I would wake up pissed off and angry after listening to that I am peaceful and I am warm and I am kind. So then I tried different diets, and I did the wheatgrass-only diet, and I became a vegan, and I did all these other kind of food things and body things and rebirthing. At the time, rebirthing and breath work were big, and I rebirthed in the tub, and I rebirthed in a pool, and I rebirthed with a group of people. And 
Then I went to codependency treatment, and then I brought my mother to therapy and my father to therapy. And then I went through all the transformational seminars at the time, which were the form and the advanced course. And then I went to the Hoffman Quadrinity process and the Silver Mind Control. So you get the hint. I know many of you have done the same thing. It was a process. And after five years... I got quiet in my meditations, and I was a much nicer person. I looked different. I acted different. I had learned to speak in a different, softer voice. I had learned to be more selfless and be of service. But really, when I got honest with myself, one of the things I realized is that I still didn't like who I was. And that was both painful and horrifying to me. Like, how could somebody do this much work and not really love themselves? And I knew that God wouldn't make me so that I couldn't love myself. It made no sense. And so I decided that I would go to yet another process. But this time I had been focusing on my business because I had spent so much money (laughs) going to these different conferences and programs that I decided that, okay, I'll work on my business. I went to a leadership intensive led by a woman out of Atlanta named Jan Smith. And there was 20 people there, and it was a business seminar, but it was like a transformational business seminar. And we were all sitting around, and one of the things that you had to do in this seminar is you had to get up and say what you were committed to in the world. So at the time, I was committed to bringing self-esteem into the school system. So I'm standing up there. I'm in my late 20s. I have my miniskirt on and my cowboy boots, and everybody else is like the head of CNN and AT&T. And I start to tell people that I'm committed to bringing self-esteem into the school system. And all of a sudden, from the back of the room, I hear this, you're a bitch. And I thought, well, I know that. How does she know? And I was just horrified. It was the one word I didn't want to be called. I stood there feeling ashamed and trying to fight back the tears of humiliation. I had just spent all this time and all this money trying to get rid of this part of myself, trying to cover it up. I had created a new persona so you wouldn't find out about that part of me. And here I was, really busted. And Jan looked at me, and she could tell I was about to cry. And she said, Debbie, I want you to tell me something that's good about being a bitch. And I said, there's nothing good about being a bitch. And she said, well, you're a bitch. There's got to be something good about it. And we started to have this conversation. And at the time, I couldn't see any gifts, anything good about it. And then she asked me these questions. And I'm going to say that these questions changed my life. She said, let me ask you something. If you were remodeling a house and you were $20,000 over budget and five weeks late, do you think it might help to be a little bitchy with your contractor? Now, she knew I had just done that, so I was like, oh, yes. And then I was a retailer, and she said, do you ever get damaged merchandise? And I said, all the time. She said, does it help you to be a little bitchy when they don't want to take it back? And all of a sudden, this light went off. It was like, wow, this part of me that I hated so much, this part of me that I thought I had to kill off and get rid of, actually had some gifts for me. And because of the question she asked me, 
I could see clearly that that part of me had actually supported me in many, many ways. And she said, not in these words, but these are the words I would use today. She said, anything that you don't embrace about yourself, anything you can't love about yourself is going to use you. And you have the choice. Either you're going to use it or it's going to use you. That process was so important to me because it's the foundation of everything I teach today. So I share with you this metaphor that's in the dark side of the light chasers, which is imagine taking a beach ball and holding it underwater. Think about all the energy it takes to hold that beach ball underwater. That's what we do with every part of ourselves that we hide or deny. Everything we're ashamed of, anything about our humanity that we don't like, we set off unconsciously or consciously to keep that part of us under the surface. And it's like holding a beach ball down. It takes so much of our energy. It takes so much of our attention. And what happens when you let that beach ball up? It will pop up and hit you in the face. Everybody knows that. And that's the cause of road rage. That's the cause of us going off on somebody, you know, for something little like cutting in front of us in the supermarket. That our shadow selves, these parts of ourselves that we don't like, that's the process. That's the internal process. That's the process of our humanity. Let's see how I can hide it. Let me see if I can eat over it. Let me see if I can do drugs over it, drink over it, gossip over it, belittle myself over it. What do I have to do in order to not feel that or see that? And that moment woke me up to that the process wasn't about getting rid of these parts because you can't get rid of them that it was about really embracing. See, I had learned about acceptance, but acceptance to me was like the booby prize. Acceptance says, okay, accept you're a bitch. Okay, accept that you're dishonest. Accept that you're selfish. All acceptance did for me was to have me validate that I had so many bad qualities. But what Jan had showed me in her demonstration and what happened really internally inside of me, because it was like this weight, this burden that I carried around on my shoulders for so long was suddenly lifted off me. What she showed me is the minute I could see the gift, the minute I could see the blessing, I could have compassion and take back that part of myself. I then no longer had to try to hide it. I no longer had to do stuff to cover it up, that I could actually use that part of me when needed. And today I can tell you as somebody who runs a big business and have always been in business, that what I would consider bitchy, because it had been labeled bitchy, is nothing more than being straight and standing up for what I believe in. And that sometimes you have to call somebody on their stuff and say, you know what, you have a commitment to do this by this time, and you haven't done it, and these are the consequences. And so some people will call that bitchy, but to have the power, the access to use that without going off on somebody, without tearing somebody's head off, which is what I always did before. So that process led me to find all the parts of myself that I hated or that I disliked or that I judged. And then begin to find the gift, 
to really understand the gift and the blessing and realizing that the minute I did, something shifted in my inner world. Also in that period, what I learned is that even though I'd heard it a million times, I never understood it until this moment, was that the outer world is a reflection of our inner world. And what I see in the outer world that pisses me off, that makes me angry, that I don't like, is what I wouldn't like inside myself. It's what I wouldn't accept inside of me. And what I love in the outer world, the people that turn me on, that inspire me, that motivate me, that excite me, are the parts of myself that I would want to have, the pieces that I see in them that I haven't quite owned or embraced inside myself. And so this process of really understanding that we have to love and embrace all that we are, the totality of our humanity, and who we are is both dark and light. It's both, as Deepak Chopra would say, the saint and the sinner, the divine and the diabolical. We're also the weak and the strong, the fearful and the courageous, the selfless and the selfish. We are all those things, and that the process isn't about trying to become the good people. There's a great quote that I love by the Swiss psychologist Carl Jung. He said, I'd rather be whole than good. I'd rather be whole than good. And to be whole is to embrace all of our humanity, both our story and the amazing possibility of the vastness, the limitedness of each of us, both our dark selves and our light selves, our small selves and our greatest selves. So learning that all of a sudden had me make peace with my humanity. It had me really understand at the deepest level that we are all everything and that there's nothing we're not, and that if we can see it, we are it. It's that great old Buddhist saying, I am that, I am that, I am that, to really understand that the outer world is us. And how can I love my inner world in a way that I can really embrace and love the outer world? You know, one of the things that I saw is that I tried so hard. I tried that spiritual practice not to judge other people. I'm sure some of you have tried not to judge other people. And it's virtually impossible. And the reason that is, is because if I'm judging myself, I will judge you. Whatever I do to me, I will do to you. If I'm ignoring parts of myself and not being able to see them, I won't be able to see them in you. If I can't really embrace my greatness in myself, it will be hard for me to really embrace everybody I see's greatness. If I don't really love me, it's going to be really hard to love you or allow you to love me. That is such an exciting process because although I had heard and believed that you can't change other people, today I'm one of the few teachers that would tell you, you know what, that's untrue. Because as you change your inner world, you will see other people with new eyes. As you embrace your inner world, people will show up differently around you. And that, to me, is the most exciting process of all, of really spending time seeing what you don't like in the outer world, loving it and learning to love it in your inner world, 
and then watching the people around you shift and evolve, or if not, just melt away. All right, that was Debbie Ford. Her website is debbieford.com. The book I was telling you about earlier is called The Dark Side of the Light Chasers. Pick that one up. And today's clip comes from Debbie's audio program, The Answers Are Within. It's available on the Nightingale Conant website at nightingale.com. It's in the Nightingale Conant Insiders app as well. And if you're all about the Audible, it's on audible.com as well. Uh, That's it for me. Please leave a review and a rating for the show on iTunes. I very, very, very much appreciate it. And I will see you tomorrow with our Thursday episode of the Quote of the Day show. Peace. Thank you.